You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Dropping a special mini helipod to get ready for the kickoff of the NFL season. And there is no better place to get in the game than DraftKings, America's top-rated sports book app. DraftKings giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. A $1 bet on any team could win you a cool 100 bucks. DraftKings is a safe, reliable, and secure place to Make your deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code HELIPOD when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week one, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100. Use the promo code HELIPOD to sign up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We are also brought to you by Viore. My favorite clothes on the planet, athleisure at its finest. Invest in your happiness and look good doing it. Shorts, pants, joggers, T-shirts, long-sleeve T-shirts, hoodies. You want to wear a bathing suit to the beach. You only got a couple of good beach months left before it starts getting chilly. Viore is the place. I love the core shorts that have the built-in liner. The workout T-shirts are unbelievable. You can go from the gym to the coffee shop to the movie theaters when they open again. You can travel in this stuff. This is my go-to gear. Viore, V-U-O-R-I, clothing.com slash helipod to get 20% off your first purchase today. That's Viore, clothing.com slash helipod, 20% off on me today. And now for the mini helipod, dropping midweek to get you ready for the first game of the season. It's the Texans and the Chiefs. And, uh, James Palmer, good buddy of mine from NFL Network, dialed in with both of those teams. He's going to give us a little preview uh, on that game and on the season for them, as well as a deep dive into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. JP spent almost a month, the entire training camp there in Tampa, had several conversations with Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, Chris Godwin, uh, all the uh, powers that be, including Rob Gronkowski, who he says he has never seen happier. If you're wondering who you should take in your fantasy draft in terms of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is going to answer those questions coming up right now on the Helipod special edition, getting you ready for the season presented by Viore. Decided to drop a little uh, mini Helipod this week with my buddy, James Palmer from NFL network. Uh, I've been talking to him for the last couple of weeks because I wanted to do a deep dive into being embedded with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, which he was for, what, close to a month, JP? Yeah, it was uh, 
I think I flew down on the fifth because I had to get there before they really started amping up because you got to go through the whole testing process, right? So right. I had to be there like five days before I started reporting. And I got down there the 5th of August and came back the 2nd of September. So a nice little jaunt down there. I was like back to being a, a beat reporter in my old days in Houston, you know, showing up to the beat every single day. But it was, it was kind of wild because, I mean, we're not really traveling a whole lot of people right, right now in, in right. NFL Network. So we set me up with like an Airbnb, little mini house, nice gold front door and antique furniture. Um, I had like a doctor if I needed one. Um, and I got, hold on, hold on. You had like your own personal doctor if, on if, call. If something would happen, I mean, you got to think about it. Like what happens if I do test positive? They're not going to let me on a plane. Where do I go? Like, I'll can I tell you what happens. What, what happens is what happened, uh, in Vegas at the UFC, uh, with me, they had a couple of producers who were at a dinner where somebody tested positive and those guys had to quarantine for 14 days some in of them hotel room or in what Vegas. what's that in like a hotel room or what did they quarantine? yeah so some some of the guys lived there so they could go home and they had to quarantine at home but w at least one of the guys did not he actually lived in in denver and mm -hmm. he had to quarantine in a hotel room for 14 days and they didn't even bother testing him because it could be dormant for five or six days and you wouldn't know so they just said mm -hmm. regardless you got to quarantine for 14 days. So you are lucky that you did not have to quarantine in your, in your Airbnb with your antique furniture for 14 days. I'm really lucky now that I'm thinking about that, because I, I mean, I had, I did have some furniture aficionados hit me up and be like, that's a really nice piece after I was complaining <laughs> about how, how terrible it is to sit on. And I was like, this is just awful. Um, watch all these hockey games at night and I can't, feel my butt like at all and they're like oh no 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 that's a real great piece I'm like I don't care but I but it, I, we went down early enough to make sure I could get into the testing and thing but like we got that so I could stay there if something did happen right because right. there's also the question like does a hotel want you staying there like if there's a chance that you're positive and you got to like chill there for two weeks I don't think the hotel is going to dig that very much so no, that's a valid point you know and the other thing that I'm upset about is and you're in California and and like, I saw this when I was visiting family in Orange County, like the Angels Stadium has like thousands of Hertz cars in the parking lot, right? Because there's so many cars out of circulation in the rental world because people are just not traveling as much, right? So my, I had real slim pickings at the, at the Tampa Bay airport. I got a Kia Sorento. I'm like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm the top of the line. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm president circle. <laughs> and I get a Kia Sorento. I thought I would have the pick of the litter. I'm like, 30 days down here. At least I'll get a little Mustang convertible or something. And I got a Kia Sorento. I had no pickings. Brutal. Oh, well, by, by, by the way, I don't know if it had anything to do with it. Hertz is, you know, filed for bankruptcy. So, you know, perhaps they... Uh, Does that do anything to my not, points? They're not, they're not bringing all the A-list cars out for their A-list mm. customers anymore, you know? Dang. Um, it doesn't right. affect my status. Let, let, let's dive into, like, how it was and what it was like to be in Tampa during that three week period. In my mind, they're not just because of Tom Brady, they're the most interesting team in the NFL um, mm -hmm. you know, all the way down to what they did recently in terms of adding Josh Rosen, you know, to the practice squad and then signing Leonard Fournette, um, who's as of right now, not even their starting running back that belongs to Ronald Jones. So there are a hundred questions um, I want to dig into, but, but first 43 year old Tom Brady, I know you got to chat with him uh, several times while you were down there. Um, 
what was he saying? And did it seem like a, because I've obviously had several interactions with him in Foxborough. Um, did it seem like he was a freer, happier Tom Brady going from Belichick to Arians? Well, there's two parts of this that, that jumped out at me being there every day. Uh, the first one was, it, and I've done a ton of days of training camp in New England over the last several years. Um, it was a really, really positive Tom Brady. Um, not to say he was negative in, in, in Foxborough, but like overly positive, overly encouraging. Um, every player I talked to was like, you know, he brings so much enthusiasm and, and so much energy. And I, I don't know if that was, you know, somewhat forced or it's a new group around him. So he wanted to be that guy to push him because we know he can be hard on teammates for sure. Right. And that, that's something that he's done in the past as well. But it was a super, super overly positive guy, you know, creating nicknames already for guys like Scotty Miller. You know, he's calling him Scooter. And that like stuck like that since Brady's the one who did it. Um, and for some reason, he was the first person to call O.J. Howard juice. Like, how did nobody else think of that? But like now O.J. Howard is juice 100 percent down there. And the other part is that the heat was like, no lie, like a legit issue for him. Um, and it was actually one of the things I watched a lot. They had this big ice pack thing that they would put on his neck when he was done his reps. So, he, you know, first team offense does like three reps jumps off other, you know, second team comes on and he would go to the side and a guy would put this big buck and had a bucks logo on it, ice pack on his neck and wrap it. And, and Arians told us like he, he was struggling with the heat a little bit as well as Ryan Jensen, the center, the amount of excess, uh, what kind of pot is this? Can I say swamp? You know, you could what? say swamp oh, ass or butt yeah. sweat. That would do that I, is in my notes to ask you about Ryan Jensen's butt sweat problem. Yeah some serious swamp ass with Ryan Jensen. And, and this was an issue that like I would witness every day to where a guy, a staffer, sadly he has to be low on the totem pole to do this, like pull his pants out and just yeah. dump a baby powder down <laughs> Ryan Jensen and then close it, close the door back up. Like that was a daily thing at practice. And Jensen would have multiple towels across his back. And Arians even told us, he goes, Tom is very particular the way he likes the back and the ball to come to him and we're going to do whatever we can to accommodate. And, and it was, you know, something that he has had to adjust to. So those were the two main things that like in terms of personality, in terms of like how he was dealing down there, um, Gronk was the one that was like, this is a completely different guy. That, that was, that was very telling and very obvious. You mean, meaning that Gronk, Gronk wasn't saying Brady's a different guy. Gronk himself was a completely different guy. Oh, just like having the time of his life. I mean, and, and I covered that last Super Bowl and some of them during that last season. This was night and day from the guy he was two years ago. I mean, he's he just to do like a weird example, and some people might not like really understand this, but like it's, you know, I'm talking about the heat and how crazy hot it is there. He's catching a pass in his route and then like fake juking out like four more guys and being like, Oh baby, here we go. And like running further down the field, it completely unnecessary, but just having the time of his life. And you could just see that like that joy that makes us all love him so much as a character. Right. I mean, he's just one of those people that, you know, they love life and watching them enjoy it actually makes you have a really good time. And that was back. And, and you could tell, and I asked my, I talked to him, I said, what is, you know, that first snap going to be like in New Orleans on Sunday. And he was like, joy. And he brought up, he said the word joy three times, then finally goes joy and adrenaline. And there is no better combination. I mean, he just, you can tell it in the way he carries himself 
uh, around the facility, he is just in a way, way better place than he was two years ago. Well, that's what everybody's wondering, right? Are you going to get the Gronk uh, from the last season he played? Or are you going to get the mm-hmm. Gronk from the season before? Um, they're obviously going to run a lot of two tight end sets. And why would you yeah. not with uh, Juice? Yeah, Juice, and, man. <laughs> and Gronk in there. Original to come up with Juice for O.J. Howard, but somehow nobody else really put, you know, put their finger on that one. Yeah, well, that's, that's, why, that's why Tom's Tom, right? What, yeah, he's how, how are they going to do that with Gronk and O.J. and, and, and Cameron Brait? Um, is there just going to be a rotation? Does, are they going to have a, you know, a play count for Gronk because you know, they don't want to wear him out? What's, what is the game plan there for the tight end spot? Yeah, they, I mean, I, I would assume that they go two tight ends a lot more than they have in the past. They did about 20% last year. Um, and I think that number is definitely going to go up. But, I mean, at the same time, you, you do have two of the best receivers in all of football um, that also play a part in this. But I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw two, three on the field uh, some of the time. And it's mainly because of the way Gronk and, – and you mentioned the phys, you know, where he is physically. What jumped out at me is the big hunking arm brace is gone. Yeah, like it's it's gone. He's not wearing it. And to me, that's a that's a telltale sign. Like I'm feeling healthy and the back is super healthy. They think he's running around like he was, you know, five, maybe six years ago, Arian said. So his ability to if he can block the way he did then and the way he has in his career, you can hide so much. Right. You you put both of them on the field at the same time. Nobody knows what you're doing. I believe and this is just my gut telling me he is going to spend most of his snaps in the red zone. Right. Anytime they're in the red zone, I don't really see Gronk leaving the field, but they found a little niche with OJ in the back of the end zone that they seem to like quite a bit. Um, I think they can utilize all three of them and do a bunch of different packages, but I think you're going to see 12 a lot more than you saw last year because Brady's also really, really comfortable in it. And the scrimmage that we watched, and I can't, like, I was not allowed to tell you everything that happens in the scrimmage, but it was like a legit march down the field, kind of like a game. It was a Brady 16-play, 98-yard drive to start the scrimmage off. And it was tight ends, crossing routes, you know, that and running the football. It was that Tom Brady of New England we've seen, which makes me think these tight ends are going to play a bigger part. So I remember when Ronald Jones was coming out. It was the same year as Sam Darnold. And I was at the USC Pro Day, and it was raining. So let me preface it by saying that. But Ronald Jones could not catch a cold. He dropped every single ball that was thrown to him that day. Are his hands any better now? Because I know dropsies have been a little bit of an issue for him in camp. Mm -hmm. And I just think that could open the door for Fournette and for Shady to be the third down guy. I I could see Ronald Jones going from hero to zero with a quickness. Yeah, and that's something that we have heard Bruce Arians say in the past, right? Like, this is this guy's job. It is his job, and then right. things change quickly. So we'll have to, you know, not, not to call B.A. a liar, but take a grain of salt with how he sees things develop. He spent a ton of time this offseason on his hands. Ronald Jones focused on catching the football with so much extra time spent on his technique. He realized that they were telling him, you know, his hand placement's incorrect on a lot of the times he's catching the football. To me, that tells me he's – he he's not a natural pass catcher, right? But like you can become better at a craft by working at it for hours and hours. And he's been doing that. He had one day where there were some serious dropsies. That was definitely not his day catching the football. I just see something to where I know Leonard Fournette led his team in receptions last year, but a lot of that's check downs and, and, you know, uh, different types of things. Is there any back in Tampa that is, 
like the primary receiver on a given play and able to carry that? I'm not, I'm not sure. And so I think that's what, you know, and, you know, we know how much Tom likes that. So I think that's something we do have to keep an eye on about how the backs are using the passing game because Brady loves that, but can it be done in the manner in which he wants it to be done? And I think Shady's kind of the wild card. I mean, I was with the Chiefs so much last year and the guy was just inactive in a backfield that wasn't super talented uh, down the entire stretch and just inactive for games. And I come down to Tampa and he's getting the second reps behind Ronald Jones at nonstop and not taking days off. And just, I think he came in wanting to prove that he can still move. And he's had a couple of days where he's had that shady wiggle um, that is just, you know, puts people in skates. Um, It's going to be interesting to see if Tom really likes the way any of them actually catch the football. We've seen, we've seen a, a lot of receivers towards the end of their career go to New England, and some have done great. Obviously, Randy Moss was incredible mm-hmm. when he connected with Brady. But others, like, like Chad Ochocinco, just couldn't get on the same page with Tom. Um, I, obviously, I don't think that's going to be a problem in Tampa. But with Godwin and Evans, did there seem to be one of the two that separated themselves in terms of, of having a better relationship on the field with Tom? I think it's Mike a little bit. And you would think it kind of be Chris because he's that big slot receiver, right, and works the middle of the field so well. Um, but to me, it seemed like Mike a little bit more. Um, and, and, and it was, you know, you could never tell throughout all of these practices. But I would say there were guys like, you know, Justin Watson or, or Scotty Miller catching more balls than Chris Godwin if you totaled him up from Brady throughout this camp, which to me is interesting. And, and Brady actually really likes both of those guys. Um, well, I, let's see why. All right, let's see. Justin Watson is from Penn. Uh, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I can see why Tom would like him. And then Scotty Miller is from Bowling Green. So a tiny little guy from a Mac school reminds me of another guy Tom really oh, likes. Oh, yeah, Julian. <laughs> you know, so um, – but, I mean, he's really has – Tom has really raved about both those guys, and I've seen them catch a lot of balls. This is no slight to Chris Godwin, who's one of the best receivers in the league. Of course. It just seems like Mike and Tom had a little bit better rapport with some of the, some of the plays that they were kind of working out, and that depends on each receiver. And everything with Brady's all about precision, all about timing – um, and obviously trying to get that going with each one of these guys as quickly as possible. It just seemed like the flow between some of those balls works better with Mike. And he's such a big target that I think it helps you out, uh, helps him out a lot when he's trying to get things going with somebody like that. Well, I mean, when you talk about Mike, he's, he's essentially the same size as Gronk, right? So you have two guys out there and, and OJ's almost the same. It's incredible, you know, yeah. the catch radius of those three guys out there. Yeah, that's the crazy way. You know, Todd Bowles said a kind of quote to us, um, which we'll have to describe where I'm listening to all these interviews, which is another hilarious aspect of, of my time in Tampa. It's a double wide trailer right next to the practice field that the tier two people got to sit in. There's like six of us in there talking. And you're on Zooms, right? right? Yeah, we're on a Zoom. So we'd watch practice, go into, and I thank the Bucks for this, go into a double wide air conditioned trailer right behind the practice field, sitting there and wait for Bruce Arians to, you know, Zoom us. And then he talking. We had it all. We had like six desks, super spread apart in this trailer, you know, with our masks on, talking to talking to BA. But um, the Todd Bowles told us he throws the best incompletions of anyone I've ever seen. Sounds like a backhanded, you know, <laughs> kind of compliment, right? But he's describing that Brady is so good knowing his guys' catch radiuses and stuff that he throws it to where his guy can get it, or the ball's incomplete, right? And, and that's that's kind of where Chris Godwin does excel 
is he has a way bigger catch radius than he appears. So DBs have told me that like, you know, you, you think you have him covered and it's like, go, go kind of Deandre Hopkins, go, go gadget to another foot and catch the right. ball where you thought that wasn't really in his radius. And that's where Brady really excels. And when he has this many guys that have this big of radius and how they use their body too, right? You mentioned Mike Evans and, and Gronk that same way. Like there are times where there's a deep ball and maybe it's underthrown a little bit. And Mike Evans, if anybody wants to go on YouTube and watch him play basketball, is unbelievable. And he'll sit there and hold a DB on his back and, like, slow down and catch the ball. And, and you know, and, and, and hold, hold a guy off. And we know how good Gronk is with that, too. So there's, there's that aspect of the radius uh, that I think is the most interesting part of it. There's one part, Helly, that I thought was the coolest story out of camp that I think we got to get to. Because I don't want to, like, not get to it. Because it just – Well, let's get to it. Okay. So, I, you know, I know Shady pretty well. I've known him for a while. And so I was talking to him and asked him, like, you're the only person on the planet that has caught balls in practice from Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, right? And, and so can you compare the two to me, like, and what practice is like? And he went through, you know, the athleticism of Pat is, you know, kind of this, and he'll joke around a little more, but it's laser focus. And, but there was one play where he broke down to me that I thought was fascinating where he goes, Tom, like there was a play, I'm running a route on the same side as Gronk and he's staring me down. And obviously he throws it to Gronk, but he stared me down and the ball comes out of his hand and he's still looking at me essentially. And the ball goes to Gronk and he goes, and we're, and I run back to the huddle and I go, yo man, there, is, I tell Tom this, like there is only one other guy I've ever seen do that in my life. And that's Pat. And like, I, nobody does that. And he said, other receivers are going up to him. Like, in practice, we're running seven on seven or whatever. And he's staring at me and I'm like, this ball's coming to me. And all of a sudden the ball's out to somebody else. And they're like, these guys are having to get used to like how Tom uses his eyes. I'm not saying like straight, you know, but he no look, right. can manipulate people with his eyes at an unbelievable fashion. And Shady said, Pat's the only other person he's ever seen do it in that fashion. That's fascinating because the Mahomes is just so dramatic, right? The way exactly. that he does it, or the, the across the body. Yeah, I mean, that was like, like a Jason that, kid. Yeah, like. Yes, or our old school Magic Johnson no-look mm -hmm. pass. But that's, that's fascinating. I never thought about that with Shady. I, I got a chance to chat with him a little bit at the Super Bowl and love the guy. I, I, yeah. you know, I was bummed that he wasn't active. I wasn't surprised that he wasn't active on Super Bowl Sunday. But um, I, I'd love to see him get – you know, another shot at a ring and, and actually maybe be able to play this time. And um, it's good to hear that he's getting legitimate reps there. And obviously yeah. BA has said like, we're, we're going to use this guy. I mean, mm -hmm. he's going to be an important part of this offense, at least for now. Yeah. He has a specific role. Like we'll, we'll find out exactly what that is. And I think a lot of it is going to be catching the football. And I think the pass protection with these three backs is going to be everything, right? I mean, if you can't, if you're on the field and you can't help protect Brady, I mean, Aaron's made it clear you're just not going to play. I mean, like if you're the guy that blows a, you know, blows a coverage and Brady gets drilled, like that's that's not going to happen. So they were testing that with Ronald Jones. There was a time I was standing in the end zone in camp, and Aaron's went live for blitz pickups just to see if like Devin White or Levante David were letting up on Ronald Jones. They wanted them to go at him full tilt to see if he was actually picking up the blitzes the way that they wanted him to. And they thought he was doing a pretty good job. So we'll see how that goes with, because Ronald Jones did get benched last year for having issues picking up blitzes. So we'll see how him and Fournette and Shady work in all that. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see LaShawn, 
you know, he picked this group because of what he saw in Kansas City. He saw a lot of similarities the way they worked because there was definitely interest in Philly to go back there. And kind of this had everything that he was looking for that he saw was a championship recipe in Kansas City. Well, I, you're right. Pass protection is oftentimes for young running backs the hardest yeah. thing to pick up on the NFL level, and it's the, the quickest way to get you sent to the bench. Um, last guy on offense, you touched on him a little bit earlier, Scooter, at Scotty Miller out of Bowling Green. Uh, you know, he is of that Julian Edelman mold. He's 5'9", he's 174 pounds, so he's, he's much more slight than Jules, uh, mm-hmm. probably closer to the size of, of – uh, Wes Welker, you know, Danny Amendola, a couple inches taller, but he's that same guy. He's that little twitchy white dude who just finds a way to get open. And every time during camp, I'm reading something about the Bucks. I'm reading about Scotty Miller and him making plays and how much Brady loves him and the, the pure volume of uh, balls that were being thrown his way. Could, could he be that number three receiver or is there going to be, you know, kind of a rotation with, Uh, Justin and some of those other dudes I mean the thing that stands out to me is they are extremely open to where Tom wants to go with the football is where we're going to go with the football I mean Bruce Arians went to the point of telling us some of these guys that are down the depth chart on the receiver spot I mean if Tom likes them they're going to make the team right I mean like (laughs) that's more or less saying like my quarterback has somewhat of a say in who's going to make these who's going to make this roster sure And, and and when he talked to us after the scrimmage Brady just went on about Scotty Miller, just durable, always where you need him to be. He's so dependable. He's exactly where I expect him to be before I look, every aspect of it. Now, the comparison to Edelman is a little bit, in the Bucks' mind, uh, not entirely accurate. They, he's much faster than Julian Edelman. I mean, he can fly. There's an argument he might be the fastest guy on the team. So really? he can really move, and he plays on the outside more than, say, Julian really ever does right he can do both but he's a little bit more on the uh, spends a little bit more time on the outside so that's where some of the the differences are um and you mentioned his weight like he really struggles staying at the number you mentioned was it 174 174 that's what that's what he's listed so he's probably closer to 170 uh he's gonna be closer to like hopefully i mean he spent last year most in like the low 160s oh my god God. He really struggles to keep the weight on. He put a bunch on this offseason, and he's hoping that it stays on throughout the year. But he, like, is one of those guys, you know, like you're out there at camp every day, and he's just scarfing food after practice to try to keep this, keep this weight on. But Brady loves him, and, and Brady can make guys obviously better if you do exactly what you're supposed to do. You mentioned Ocho Cinco, like, right, like up in New England. Like, great route runner right? Unbelievable feet. But if you're like, Chad, run this route seven yards and we need you to, you know, come in and he'll be like, he'll do it somewhere between six and eight. Like Brady wants you to be like seven on the nose. Here's where you need to be. And I think that's kind of what's guys like Scotty Miller, Chris Godwin's kind of like that, that Brady falls in love with those guys because he's so precise with the football. Time for a quick break now to tell you about some of our other sponsors on the Helipod, Greens Plus, a health food leader since 1989. They created the first ever blended green superfood powder, and they're also the first company to infuse those green superfoods into a bar. You can buy those bars right now and the powder as well. I like to throw the powder in a smoothie. Delicious. The bars taste great as well. You can get them at Whole Foods or Amazon, or you can just go to Greens 
HellyPlus.com and get 20% off with the promo code Helly. I love the chocolate protein bar and the wild berry superfood powder. I think you will find it delicious as well. And it's good for you folks. At Vaco, the motto is we invest in your career so you are here for the duration of ours. What is Vaco, you ask? Well, it's a premier talent and solutions firm that provides boutique level service with global reach in areas of consulting, consultative project resources, executive search, permanent placement, and strategic staffing. You need somebody to fill that C-suite position, Vaco has you covered. There are areas of expertise all over the board, accounting, finance, tech, healthcare, IT operations, uh, or international managed services. They got you covered. They were founded in 2002. Vaco has grown to serve over 40 markets across the globe, 1,000 employees, 5,000 consultants, and 750 million in revenue. How do I know they do it right? because one of my good buddies from college, Brian Waller, was one of the founders, and I have watched this grow since 2002. I suggest you check them out. It's vaco.com for more information on how Vaco connects people to their dream jobs and helps leading companies around the world find talent to grow. Also wanna tell you about something that I've been doing for almost two months now. It's a product uh, called True Niagen. I really wanted to invest in my long-term health, and I think you should too. It's a new trend in the scientific community that surrounds the health of cells. This affects all of us, from pro athletes to weekend warriors like me. We have something in our cells called NAD, which supports our energy and our body's ability to repair itself all the way down to the cellular level. Well, it turns out that NAD declines as we age. It also declines when we overexercise, we don't sleep enough, and even when we're exposed to a virus. So there's only one NAD booster that is backed by Nobel Prize winning scientists, 10 published human studies, and regulatory approval for safety. That is true Niagen. It is NSF certified for sport. Visit TrueNiagen.com to learn more. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com. Like I said, been taking it for a couple of months and I feel great. Before we wrap up Tampa, the whole just situation for you, being there for a month, you're, you're away from your family, you're in an Airbnb, you started a vlog, which by the way, look up James Palmer's <laughs> blog uh, on YouTube. It's great. It's at James Palmer TV on Twitter. If you want to follow him, a great follow as well. Um, I loved, I, I mean, I, I texted you and told you like, this is yeah. funny, dude. Like I, I, I was thoroughly uh, impressed a with how funny it was, but B everything down to the credits, right? You had a list of like uh, grip, uh, you know, everything was James Palmer, you know, cameraman, editor, producer, and then except the car. You get down to the car, right? And then it was hurt. Transportation hurts. Transportation. I, I had to show, throw him a bone, and I didn't even know there was such financial <laughs> trouble. But yeah, it was me for every, all the credits. I loved it. Um, yeah, it was, it was like a thing of boredom at night. I had this, you know, set up uh, every single day to do TV from the house. And I'm like, I should just talk about like how insane this experience is. Like going somewhere for a month away from my family, away from my wife, my son, and just like living in this house and in and, and, and a COVID world too. Like, you don't, you're not going out to dinner or anything. I mean, they, they sent yeah. me down there to cover the bucks for a month. I'm not going to go be irresponsible and like go out and about in Tampa. Um, so like, I just would go to the facility and being a kid from Philly, go to Wawa and then go home and eat an Italian, Italian. Of course. Sandwich. So like 
that's that's what would happen. I mean, I, I remember Wawa before the little touchscreen, little doot 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 stuff. But I mean, I got my order down on, a, on an Italian sandwich. I'm not going to talk about how upset I am with the bread. I mean, they should have stuck with Amoroso Bakery, but hey, make their own bread. Uh, you know, well, own let, me, let me ask you this. I, I, I mean, DC is not that far from Philly, mm -hmm. but there is not a Wawa to be found in DC where I go. Really? No, no Wawa's. And in Jersey. So when I get to Philly, I feel like I have to go to, I have to go to a Wawa. I got to order a city. It's fine. It's what's the big deal about Wawa? Well, I mean, you grow up on it. And like you said, it's fine. I would, you're probably having Wawa without the amazing bread. But back in the day, like, you know, there wasn't a touchscreen. Like you filled out with a little pencil and a little piece of paper exactly what you, this is, I think one of my blogs is about this. And you walk, and they're like little huts, not like these big gas station yeah. type Wawa's, right? Little hut thing, open 24 hours a day and getting, a, you know, a, an Italian or a, or a meatball sub at like, three in the morning at 18 years old is like the greatest thing in the world. I mean, you go, that's like you, you play baseball. You got like a break before first pitch after BP. You go to Wawa, you get iced tea, you know, you log up on some, some gum and come back. Was, they're, they're everywhere. Okay. I, I mean, I get it. I get that you grew up with it. I just, the, the one I went into, it was a gas station. I'm like, what? What? Yeah. It's gas station food. Pulls the brain I mean, it's not bit, exactly gas station food, but it was a gas station. No. So I was a little, little thrown. I get, little thrown. I get it. Um, okay. We have, I think, touched on everything uh, about the Bucs. Haven't really focused uh, on their defense, but that's okay. Um, they got a lot of big names on defense, and I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be pretty darn good, and I think they're going to be much better than last year because mm -hmm. they're not going to be back on the field every five seconds after an interception. So yeah, that will help them. Yeah. Um, James Palmer, for our listeners, lives in Denver. Um, he is uh, very dialed into what's going on with the Broncos. Um, obviously the Von Miller injury, um, looks like he's out for the year. I think best case scenario was, was three months, but yeah. likely done for the year. It just a huge hit. Um, I, I, I mean, obviously on the field, but mentally for this team that you lose your best player and they haven't had, they haven't won more than seven games in the last three seasons. Correct. I mean, it's been, a, it's been a minute since Denver's been good. Yeah, and this is an organization, if you remember, it was just a couple of years ago, what, three years ago, that you could say about the Broncos, they have more Super Bowl appearances than losing seasons as an organization. That was like three years ago before this like losing streak has kind of begun, and that shows you kind of the history of the Broncos. And you're right, because the morale part of it is, like, he is – I mean, living here in Denver, John Elway is, you know, Mount Rushmore. And then it, it's every other sports figure ever in Denver. That's kind of the way it is for Vaughn. And, and there's four major sports teams here. And, you know, the Nuggets and Avs are decent. And, um, but, like, he is Denver. And, and what he does in the community and what he does to be the face of a franchise as a defensive player is also pretty rare, right? It's not a normal thing to have, like, a defensive end, you know, pass rusher as, like, the face of your team. But he kind of really changed himself. And, and I, the reason I think I'm kind of like a, very upset about this is talking to him in the offseason, like he was really, really affected by getting COVID, uh, Kobe Bryant passing away, and watching The Last Dance. And, and it might sound weird that those three things are lumped together. But the reason behind that is he didn't really think he was getting the most out of himself. And we know Vaughn has a million interests. You see him at the Kentucky Derby, or I think his DJ name is like DJ Vaughn the Don, I think. Um, 
And, and so he has all these other interests that he does and everything. And he kind of looked himself in the mirror and was like, I'm not getting everything out of myself. Am I demanding as much as I watched Kobe, he's, he read his book and stuff like Mamba mentality. Like, am I getting everything out of, out of myself? I'm not like, I'm not working as hard as I could. And I'm not getting as much out of my teammates as I could. And he kind of transformed himself this off season. Like you talk to the teammates in Denver and they're like, man, he daily is sending these motivational text messages to me or, or like different videos to watch, to motivate you like a completely different person. And it was really when he was talking to us late in, in you know, early in training camp, late in the off season, when he was like, you're never too old to change yourself. Like he, I'm at 31, but like I should be changing and growing as a person. And he was wrecking training camp. I mean, like it was like five sacks a day. Hey Vaughn, take this rep kind of off. We're trying to work on something here <laughs> on offense. Like he was that dominant. And then to change how he was as a leader with so many guys from the past regime gone. I mean, now Brandon McManus is going to be the only guy on the active roster from the Super Bowl team, the kicker. I mean, Vaughn was that guy. And I think that's why it's hit them so hard because he did everything for that organization. Like you needed somebody to talk, it's Vaughn. You need somebody to represent the team, it's Vaughn. It's, you know, so it, it is a huge blow to their team. Um, and Vic Fangio said it best. He was like, I'm just sad because I saw, and he's a great defensive mind. I saw what he was going to do this year and it was going to be outstanding. So no Vaughn, uh, Chubb's coming back from ACL surgery, mm -hmm. sort of. So, I mean, are they going to slow roll him out? Is he on a pitch count or is he, is he ready to roll? Yeah, that's something I'd keep an eye on. I, I would say most likely a pitch count. Uh, he's had soreness in his knee. It has not finished up. This probably lasts like 15% to get back towards to 100, like has not gone as they would have hoped. Um, and there's a chance that this is going to dip into several games to where he's feeling – you know, really, really good. And I, I would assume that a pitch count is definitely in play in these first couple of games and maybe even like missing a game. Maybe that would be the worst case scenario. Right. Um, so they go from having one of the best pass rush duos that everybody's looking forward to this year. Cause they missed out on it last year with Chubb getting the ACL to like, what do we do to get after the quarterback? And then they put Jarrell Casey in the middle there, which I thought was a sneaky, really good pickup to help out both those pass rushers to draw some attention in the middle. And now they don't really have the rush, uh, that you would think. I mean, the really only strong suit on the defense is the safety spot. I think Justin Simmons is one of the best players in this game, and Kareem Jackson was outstanding last year. And that's, to me, that's the bright spot of the defense, and that's it. It's going to be the, you know, Drew Locke and the fighting locks. Well, I'm glad you brought up Drew Locke because I, I've, it seems like that Drew Locke hype train really kind of got rolling when you listen to people in Denver. Um, and then there was a little water uh, poured on that parade by uh, Pro Football Focus that rated him the 32nd best quarterback, uh, starting quarterback in the NFL. What, what are you hearing? And I know you weren't there because you're in Tampa, but obviously you're, you're dialed. What, what are you hearing about the progress that Locke has made? Well, they did some good – Pat Shermer did – and remember, this is another offense for him. And I think as, as Pro Football Focus roasts you know, Drew, Locke, Drew Locke, I will give the kids some credit because – I want to make sure this is right. If you go back through Missouri, I think this is now his, I want to say like fourth offensive coordinator in five years, which is something that doesn't happen in college very often. Right. Um, so he's gone through a lot of change and Pat Shermer tried to make some of the, the, the language the same to help it out, but it is a different system. 
And to throw a little water on it, John Elway did too, because he was been a young starting quarterback. And it's just like, it is just hard to get out there and just start throwing dimes when you haven't had preseason games. They really wanted him to play a lot in the preseason with so many young weapons around him. I think they're super talented. Um, they're just like the average age is like 23 on offense. So they're just unbelievably young. Now what I think they're going to end up doing, and this is more my opinion, is let him go out and play and make plays. I mean, he's, he's got a, we talked about basketball background with Mike Evans, like Drew was a really, really good basketball player. And I think letting him get out and roll out and, and that'll help with some of the pass protection issues that they have. Cause he's a much better athlete than what they've had back there. And they're going to need it with the line that they have to get out and just make some plays. You know what I mean? And I think they're going to give him the liberty to do that. And I think there's going to be obviously some bad balls, but I think there's obviously going to be some throws where you go, oh man, like that's, a, that's an arm. And that, that's an NFL caliber, big time arm. And when you have guys like Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, who I've been hearing reports out of there are, is just been unbelievable. And then Noah Fant at the tight end. So, I mean, you've got weapons. They're just all really young. And I think they're going to let him go out and just make plays. I didn't realize the average age was so young. Obviously, I knew, you know, fans relatively new. And, and Judy, in my mind, was, you know, the best route runner you know, coming out oh, in that yeah. drought. I think he's going to be fantastic. And that's a Incredible. great pickup, pairing him yeah. with uh, – Orland Sutton's the veteran in the wide receiver room. This is his, what, third year? Yeah, well, he's 24. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that is crazy when you think about it. Um, okay, so we have hit on the Bucks. We have hit on the Broncos – Thursday night football, this is uh, probably when, when most people will be listening to this pod is, is Thursday. The season is here. The opener is Kansas City, the Super Bowl champs, hosting the Houston Texans, two teams that you're very familiar with. Obviously, mm-hmm. much of the focus is going to be on the quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. No two quarterbacks through their first four seasons have had higher passer ratings than Watson and Mahomes. They are now the two highest paid players in football. Uh, Mahomes' contract was insane, $450 million, $45 million average <laughs> like per year. Yeah, and, and, then, and then Watson uh, right behind him at $39 million per year. Well-deserved for both of these guys. I, as opposed to just looking at, at this game, I just want to take a look at the season as a whole kind of with the Texans because I think we, we know what we have uh, with Kansas City. I, sure. I think they're going to be better, which is, is scary. But with Houston <laughs> – with Houston, this is this is interesting because you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, who was arguably the, the I mean the best player, one of the top two or three best players easily on that team. You know, with JJ mm-hmm. Watt when he's healthy and Deshaun Watson. Um, but you have your whole offensive line coming back. You you have some familiarity with the receivers that are there now outside of Brandon Cooks, who who has been added. Um, but I think that's such a tough division for them. And obviously, you know, I'm, I'm called the Titans preseason yeah. games. I'm partial to those guys. I love that team. I think Indy's going to be really, really good. To me, I look at Houston. They're, they're the third best team in the division. What do you see when you look at the Texans? I see them establishing what Bill was a part of in New England. And I say that like this, um, he is asking everybody to be patient with what him and Jack Easterby are trying to put together. Um, and if you look at it, the moves are very calculated. And, and some people go, well, why do you do this? Or like, if you really break it down, it, it does make sense what he's been doing. Like they do think it's an addition by subtraction with Hop and they weren't going to give him that money. And you look at the money that he just got um, and they wanted to get away from 
having, and this is right, and they never denied that you don't do this, but you have to go to him a certain number of times in the game, right? Like you got to give him his targets. He's that good. He deserves it. When he's covered, he's open. Like, and Bill was even like, we go to him. Like we go to him all the time. We have to, he's that good. But I think the idea now, and this is what they've wanted to get to is let's have Deshaun's brain work for us. And, and, and I do think a lot of times these guys athletic ability overshadows how smart they are. He is unbelievably smart. And what he sees on defenses is what this offense is now kind of built around. Like TJ Yates is their, is their, is their one of their, their quarterback coach. And he told me like everything he sees, he sees it instantly. A guy six inches out from where he's supposed to be is all right. He might be coming like this, not where he lined up last time or the littlest things. Now we have all these veteran receivers around him to where he's just going to go where he wants to go with the football. Now there's no longer, it's going to hop. Defenses have a game plan to try to stop him, and then and then what? Now it's you know Will Fuller or Kenny Stills or Brandon Cooks or Randall Cobb, and they went after veterans specifically because of this off season, right? Like Bill O'Brien has been the, one of the biggest pro- proponent guys of saying rookies are not going to have a good year this year. No off season, no preseason games. I'm not going to rely on them. I'm going to go get veterans and piece them around a quarterback that we think the absolute world of. And I believe if Patrick Mahomes was not the greatest thing we've ever seen, more people would be talking about Deshaun Watson and how unbelievable he has been um, over this early part of his career. Who, by the way, this is his fourth season and he's 24 years old. Isn't that nuts? nuts? I mean, like, he's still very young. So I think the idea really is we're going to rely on Deshaun to, to distribute the ball wherever he sees fit. And the most telling part about that is their new offensive play caller and Tim Kelly, who a lot of people in the league think is like genius level was like, we may go four tight ends at a time. I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> like if that just doesn't show you how many different packages they're thinking about right. rolling out there, I mean, it's going to be all in Deshaun. And I think you have veteran guys that, you know, can, can do a lot of different things that, he, you know, he'll know where they're going to be and they're going to put it pretty much all on his shoulders. All right, so I'm going to have you pick this game. Oof. And uh, it's a podcast. It's not NFL Network, so I'm going to use the point spread because I think that's far more interesting. And it's, it's Kansas City minus nine, okay? But I, that's a ton of points. It's at home. The other thing, before I actually – you can let this marinate for a minute, but I want to yeah. run this by you too. They're going to have fans in the stadium in Kansas City, right? 22% capacity is the plan. How are, how are they going to do that? What's the seating setup going to be like? Do you know? I don't know their exact setup. I can give one example because I was just watching the governor of Colorado do this yesterday and break this down because there is a big argument. You, in Colorado, you can only have 175 people in a, in a gathering. And then they okay. go, well, all right, how can you have 5,700 people at the Broncos Stadium? They're calling it like 100 and some odd different – 175 person gatherings within oh they're gonna have like their own little pods they're like in pods in a sense so like social distancing 175 people social distancing 100 and like sections like that because that's the rule in in this state i'm not entirely sure how it will be spread out but i know that they will like like it's masks obviously and and they have a massive stadium um and will it just be naturally spread out you know I'm, i'm not entirely sure how that works. I'm still trying to think about what to do here because the Texans put up a lot of points in both games and they have been reminding everybody all week. Like we did beat them in October. Like, don't forget, like we won 
one of these two games last year. You know, not just the one we and they were and they were up in the other one, twenty-four to nothing in the playoffs, and then they lose fifty-one to thirty-one, which was just bananas. Exactly. I don't. I don't know how this Texans defense is going to play this year. I, I really. I really don't. I don't know if there's much of a pass rush. I'm concerned about the secondary. Um, I think their linebackers are, are actually really good. I, I like Bernardo McKinney and Zach Cunningham is like a name that most people should know around the league. Um, but I just don't know how they're going to slow down Mahomes and company. Um, I God, I don't know. What are you going with, Ellie? Um, I'm just, I, I think it's going to be closer than nine. I mean, I just think everybody's going to be a little rusty. Neither team's going to score as much as they anticipated. Um, because I just I, I think the defenses are going to be a little ahead of the offenses, and I I, I think that Kansas City's going to win by seven. Win by so, seven, yeah, that's doable. I mean, I I see that the 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 thing that is, and I, we just kind of broke it down is Kansas City has no idea what Houston's going to do on offense. I mean, there's a massive unknown with so many new pieces that we'll have to see how they handle it. I mean, they played great down the stretch, and I was with them every week. I mean, Kansas City definitely got their defense together, but. I think I, I don't know. I, I just think week one is so insane every year. Yeah. I mean, remember do you remember the Texans Saints game week one this past year? Not off the top of my head. Oh my no. god. It was it was insane. And like with like a I think it was like a minute twenty or something left. Deshaun Watson is down, goes two plays touchdown. And then oh. then they let Drew Brees come down field goal game over, they lose. Like and it was a shootout. And I was at the shootout in New Orleans, was that two years ago where Brian Fitzpatrick threw like 2,000 touchdowns? And he out, and he, <laughs> he, right. he, he called, he, I interviewed him on the field afterwards. He said it was the best game he's ever played. Um, so week one is a bit wild. And with this year, you're right, tackling is going to be super sloppy. There's been guys in the league I've talked to that have been like, maybe week four we get it together with tackling. Well, so, JP, I was talking to somebody the other day who said, they're, they didn't do a single live special teams rep the entire camp. Not one. That's been the big concern. Special teams is a massive concern around the league because the only way you can do it is watch the guys go out and do it. Uh, right. You can't really simulate it. And that has been a huge concern for a lot of teams on how special teams are going to be run. And you got McCall Hardeman. Ty, you put Tyree Kill back there maybe if you want to. Yeah. My, my steal seven there. Yeah, no, no, there's no doubt. All right, getaway question here, buddy. We've kept you longer than I anticipated. I really appreciate the time. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if you have a schedule in front of you, but is there is there a game or games that that really piques your interest? Uh, you know, besides your your Eagles at my Washington uh, football team, which by the way doesn't even really pique my interest that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I think the game I'm at is the one that. I mean, I'm going to go nuts over. I mean, seeing Drew Brees versus Tom Brady is, I mean, I'm so excited I get to be in that dome. It's going to be a really odd uh, setting, obviously, with no fans there. Um, but I just think those two guys going at it is just, I mean, I don't think there's a better, you know, situation anybody wants to watch week one than, than, than Brees versus, you know, Brees versus Brady. No, I, I, I think you are absolutely correct. I mean, and camp, by the way, I don't care about the Dolphins all, all that much. I don't want to be mean, but like, I don't think our, we're super interested in week one until like we start seeing maybe two a play. But like, everybody wants to see what Cam does, right? And yeah, Patriots uniform. No, there's, there's a 100% chance that uh, that will be uh, there, there's going to be so much interest on both of those teams, right? With Patriots because of Cam, had he not ended up there. I could have seen, in terms of just national interest, I could have seen the Patriots kind of falling into the ether. 
But now mm-hmm. in oh, my mind, right. that that's going to be a top five storyline all season long because mm-hmm. Cam's there. Oh, big time. I mean, big time. And, and it's such a different skill set. I mean, we talk so much about, you know, how great, and we should, how great a coaching's uh, staff is in place there, led by Bill Belichick. Well, here's like a just, I think it's just fun if you're a football fan to be like, all right, well, let's see what they do with this guy now. Like this skill set, let's see how they mold this. And I think that's why as football fans, we're all going, we've watched them out coach people all the time uh, in certain instances and in games. Now let's see what they do with this completely different, you know, completely different piece. Well, and Belichick's already been different because he's already complimented Cam Newton more in, uh, you know, one preseason than he did Tom <laughs> Brady, at least publicly in uh, 19 years. So yeah. uh, maybe, maybe Belichick has turned a new leaf. He is James Palmer TV on Twitter. Highly recommend you check out uh, his YouTube channel as well, which he started right before his uh, almost month-long stay with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can catch him on NFL Network at all times. He's going to be at really one of the great games of the weekend. Bucks and Saints. Saints are favored by three and a half in that one. Uh, Tom Brady's first game with a team other than the New England Patriots. I'm certainly looking forward to that. JP, have fun. When are you flying out? I fly out Saturday, a uh, little as time there as possible. Then I got to come back Monday morning and do Titans uh, Broncos uh, here in the home stadium and see what happens there. We'll see how much run Clowney gets. We'll see. That should be kind of, should be kind of fun to watch that one, actually. Yeah, I think that's going to be another good one. I love the, uh, the Monday night doubleheader, as always, to kick off the season. Titans and Broncos is going to be the back end of that one. JP, thanks, yep. buddy. Uh, enjoy one of the great states and cities and – Denver, Colorado. I'm always jealous that you live there. I will uh, look for some more recommendations this winter. Hopefully I can make my way up to one of those great ski towns again. Yeah. Winter park, man. That's my jam. Now you got to go to winter park. winter park. Love it. Yep. James I got to talk mountain bikes brother. with you, by the way. I, Hey, listen, I am so into that. Only problem. My son is super gnarly and I have to keep up with my 13 year old. And by the way, easier said than done. Some of yeah. those mountain bike parks, JP, they're nuts. Are nuts nuts we were up there this weekend and they're i had them flying over my son actually oh my Uh, god it was crazy (laughs) i want i want to see those videos i want to see those hey dude have fun enjoy every second of it don't be a stranger i'll talk to you soon okay for sure buddy talk to you later see you man